0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ecovibes podcast, where we have interactive conversations on environmental topics with people from across the world. I'm your host, Khadija Stewart, and this is Season 3, the Ocean and Climate Action Series where we talk all things climate change and ocean conservation. Today, I am very excited for this episode as we head to the Caribbean, my region, to chat with Andres Bisono-Leon from the Dominican Republic, and we're going to be talking about all things sargasm. So welcome, Andres.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having SOS Carbon and Thank you for, you know, the attention that you bring and, you know, the awareness, the consciousness that you create on this ecosystem and and bringing this key information to, you know, the the people that join you. Um, Thank you for, you know, welcoming us and and having that push for a call for action, a call for, um, you know, action now on the climate crisis.
0: Of course, that's all I'm trying to do, open access to information and connect it to as much young people in the region as possible, right? So how are you before we start things? Or as you say, como te va? Let me get some Spanish going in this conversation yeah. here.
1: Don't get me started because if not, you know, we, we we might just switch to Spanish. But no, everything is going well. Thank you for, for asking. And I hope on your end as well. Um, how is it going? I, I have is a good I, I know some recently you have been experiencing storms and you know flooding and all that, which is all related to I mean not the oceans directly but climate change so very impactful you know these coming uh, these couple of days that you're going through those experiences.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm good right now and I'm seeing blue skies, but sometimes usually around 11 or like midday, there's just a darkness and then we start Mm -hmm. hearing thunder and then there's a downpour of rain. But yeah, like you mentioned, every day thus far for like the past two, three weeks, it's just been heavy rainfall, flooding, power outages, you name it, we've been experiencing experiencing it and it's all part of the ongoing climate crisis that we are all experiencing right now but (sighs) okay before I go down a rabbit hole talking about the weather Mm -hmm. and climate change let me get back um, um, on topic and on point here so let me give you guys an idea of who Andres is now he has a very spectacular bio I tried my best to summarize it as much as possible so buckle up and get ready to be slightly impressed right so originally from the dominican republic andres is a climate tech entrepreneur working at the intersection of social impact and climate action andres holds a dual major in mechanical engineering and finance from drexel university and social and environmental impact has always been part of Andre's life endeavors. Since 2018, he has been leading SOS Carbon Inc., Sargasm Ocean Sequestration of Carbon, SOS Carbon, which is a spin off company from the Mechanical Engineering Department at MIT. Um, SOS Carbon is focused on scaling its unique patented technologies to turn sargasm seaweed invasion problem into an economical natural ocean carbon sequestering opportunity. And as a member of MIT Sloan School of Management and Legatum follow. Andre's motivation is his capacity to transform society and the environment for a better tomorrow. SOS Carbon is committed to solving one of the Caribbean's most threatening problems, generate employment and value chains to the region, and fight climate change for a global impact. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I heard things like MIT, mechanical engineering, SOS Carbon, all these amazing things you have going on. And as we dive into things, I would love for us to just start one time and talk about sargasm. What is it and why is it now a problem in the Caribbean?
1: Of course, thank you for the introduction there. Um, and indeed, you know, we we're very passionate about working with all stakeholders and creating an impact um, to mm-hmm. not only the the people and the communities that get involved, but also those that need the most, uh, that need the most formal opportunities and that also suffered the most at the same time through all these problems that we see uh, in terms of uh, that come from the um, climate change, climate crisis um, and sargassum. And now getting into the sargassum with that said, you know, sargassum is a a seaweed and macroalgae, that mm-hmm. for the past decade 12 years started invading the beaches the coastline of the caribbean not only that my home country of the dominican republic but also all other territories across the caribbean sometimes even we have even we have seen it in europe so um recently it's kind of getting almost everywhere and that's one of the key characteristics of the oceans, that oceans don't have boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with that said, again, why is such an important ecosystem, such an important area that we need to pay great attention? Um, for the most part, oceans have been like on the on the backseat and, and forgotten about. But now through all these issues that we're seeing, like the sargassum seaweed, We, again, need to pay proper attention to our oceans. Um, Anyways, with that said, um, sargassum, again, has been invading the beaches. And as it invades, it creates many issues, uh, not only to tourism, as you know, um, without a pristine, naturally-looking beach, we don't have or we won't have tourism. So that's one a, a key aspect to understand, and okay. then on the other areas, also as sargassum makes landfall, it creates problems to the local marine and ocean ecosystem because, as you may know, if we have a an, a species mm-hmm. that is not um, natural from that area, and it just comes like in crazy amount of volumes, you know it attacks whatever has been there for uh, b- beforehand so with that said, again sargassum is just creating ton of problems and and we need to um uh, you know be proactive about it
0: yeah i remember um what year was that? I'm trying to think. What year are we even in? It could have been like about five years ago. I went um to a turtle watching tour because one of some of our beaches on the North coast are very um, popular with leatherbacks coming up and laying their eggs. Right. So we went to a, a turtle watching tour and I was so excited. And I remember getting there and they were warning us about the sagas on the beach and thinking, okay, like a little bit of seaweed, like, oh, Why is that such an issue? Like, why are they dramatizing it so much? Until it was time to walk along the beach to get to the area to probably start seeing the tutors. And I kid you not, I am like about 5'4", and the sarcasm was waist high. This is what we were walking in. And I was just like, oh my God, this is a problem. Because usually you're thinking like it's probably just covering the the shore at, you know, minimal depths and stuff. Like you could probably just kick it away with your foot. And that's probably possible on some of the beaches. But when it was waist high, that's what I was walking in. And I was just like, all right, now this is definitely an issue. And we need more people to be like focusing on it and really start studying this thing to see what it is we could possibly do. And Mm -hmm. then I remember hearing also that a lot of people from that community where it was washing up was starting to get sick, or, you know, the the odor that it was was being released when it started to decompose, started making some terror and upset, And things like that. So I was like, okay, 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 let me look into this a little bit more to see, you know, what, what is causing it. And I know there have been several theories on its causes, but I would love to hear from you what it is exactly you've been hearing or studying as it relates to the cause of these massive sarcasm influxes that the region has been experiencing.
1: Indeed, you know, um, and, and everything, obviously, when we talk about the uh, climate, the environment, you know, is interconnected. And mm-hmm. and where I'm going is that, you know, sarcasm seaweed is in a way also as a response on what's going on with the climate crisis. You know, we see on one end what we just talk in the intro happening to you and to your hometown, the flooding we see in other areas of the world the the heat waves we see in other world in other parts uh, the fires the wildfires and so on so with that uh, it's kind of a again an ecosystem that everything plays a role kind of together and and is a response mainly or has been a response to the irresponsible human activities with that. Uh, Um, Same with sargassum. We have seen and and from what we have also learned from other experts that are more mostly focused on that area of determining, you know, the origin, the causes of the the large increments of the volumes and so on, is that the seaweed, you know, has always been present in an area called the Sargassum Sea. But again, due to the changes in in the oceans and in the environment and so on, it kind of migrated to a new area where it grows, um, it grows disproportionately. And this new area is between Brazil and Africa. And there it grows exponentially and then it starts making kind of a path through the Lesser Antis, um, starting on the Caribbean and then uh, Puerto Rico, DR, Jamaica, uh, Cuba and and just kind of ending up more, most of the the majority of the volume in Mexico and and Belize, um, so kind of that that part of the coastline there. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, with, with that said, you know this is a huge issue that has been incrementing. We we just see increasing year from year to year, and again, it's just due to do more of those uh, The accumulation of those irresponsible activities like deforestation and the use of uh, chemical fertilizers that sadly even if we turn let's say the off bottom uh, off bottom to all of that we you know it's not like the seaweed will disappear it's yeah. again like climate change it, it will take time so that's why we need to adapt and also find ways on how to mitigate it, and find ways on even how to possibly extract value from from what we are um, getting.
0: Yeah, wow! And as you mentioned, extract value from it. I believe this is what SOS Carbon is doing, right? Finding ways to make it economically viable with all the uncertainties surrounding it. So, I would love to hear about. The work SOS Carbon has been doing in tackling—I don't let's not call it an—but well actually, it's is an issue. I was about to say let's not call it an issue; let's call it an opportunity. But it's a bit of both, right? So, in,
1: indeed, and and it goes by phases, right? First, mm-hmm. we need to see it as an issue, and then once we control that issue and we develop the right mechanisms to for controlling it, we will be in the best position to then call it an opportunity. Uh, but nowadays, you know, if, if we don't tackle first the issue, or or forget about the issue, in other words, then we, we might be um, losing too much precious time for our environment, for our you know uh, communities, human health,
0: for yeah.
1: our tourism, because again, the impact, the negative impact that the seaweed has been creating throughout the Caribbean. It's just massive and we cannot keep going on like that. Um, we we will not have a chance to run three more years or five more years just sitting on the back seat waiting for, I don't know, um, I don't know what people are thinking, but for someone else <laughs> to take action for them. So th- that's what we need to recognize. But anyways, going into, you know, SOS Carbon and, you know, to, to start, you know, highlighting what we have been working on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We started in 2018 Mm -hmm. at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, developing technologies for indeed, not only focusing on the the problem and how we can solve it in the most cost-effective way, but more importantly, on how we can then use that same infrastructure from solving the problem to obtaining value change from the seaweed and and, and from the the problem itself. With that said, we started on this path with our passion to create an impact, to involve communities, to add value to the environment, to the local um, communities, to add value to the region and also looking for ways and mechanism from that local value to stand to a global level and kind of long story short what we uh, we developed two technologies one which is for harvesting the seaweed in the ocean before the seaweed makes landfall Mm -hmm. and we we do that with artisanal vessels as you know artisanal vessels are everywhere in the caribbean so why not taking advantage of that infrastructure and why not taking advantage most importantly of the local fishermen that most of the time also own those vessels so we can rent it from them and we can formally employ the fishermen for these sanitation activities because They are also the ones that know best the areas that we need to operate at. Mm -hmm. And and again, that's what everything that we look for, um, those win-win situations in which, you know, again, we can add value to the uh, communities, to the environment, but then also add value to the tourism industry and and the private owners of those organizations and to also the the public sector, because that's a win-win is the only scenario in which we can all strike value or, or the most value and um, as well, you know, in, you know, reduce the cost and make the, the operations scalable and sustainable over time and and that's critical for this to be able to you know to come to fruition which we have demonstrated and validated already in in, in a couple of countries in the Caribbean
0: yeah okay okay um i want to know i think maybe our listeners want to know as well <laughs> uh probably exactly how does this mechanism work on the artisanal fishing boats and approximately yeah. also how much Sargasm is collected like I, I don't know on average on a on a good day when people go out and yeah
1: yeah uh, great question so to give a, a better picture on on the on this technology, this mechanism that I'm referring, we develop a hardware that mounts on the artisanal vessel and it adapts to the different characteristics of each each vessel. Um, And then again, we can use that assisting infrastructure so that we retrofit and we um, create or we we, uh, turn these vessels, these artisanal vessels into high capacity harvesting boat. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've you know, this mechanism basically um, is a, a metal hardware that as the boat navigates, it has two nets on either side. The seaweed will start getting into the net. And then once the nets are full, we, you know, take the net out of the system and we put a brand new net and the process doesn't stop, it's a continuous process. With that said, you know, given those efficiencies that we have developed, given how effective it is and and how, you know, the maneuverability of these boats, how easy they can access the different conditions, uh, sea conditions, we um, have developed an operation That gives a capacity uh, on a per boat level, per boat basis, Mm -hmm. during a seven-hour work uh, work workday, meaning just uh, the normal, the regular time, you know, Mm -hmm. formal hour time slot. We can collect around seventy tons of fresh seaweed. Seven zero. Seven zero tons of fresh seaweed that translates to around three hundred meter cubes of fresh seaweed.
0: That's a lot. It
1: is. It is, and and again, that's one of the impressive things of this technology because, as robust and simple as it might sound, Mm -hmm. we're really just turning the simple into a cost-effective mechanism for removing as much seaweed as possible for a specific um, time and and during, and also for maximizing the volume that we can extract.
0: Yeah, I remember um, earlier this year in July when I attended the UN Ocean Youth Innovation Forum and they were talking about innovating um the youth had to come up with innovative projects and stuff and a lot of them were so frustrated because they were trying to think of the most elaborate far advanced technologies that they could ever possibly dream of and for some of them I had to be like you know guys it don't have to be above and beyond like it could be something quite simple as long as it's effective and it could get the job done and as much people as possible could probably benefit from it then there you go or you know these some of these solutions are already existing in nature and it's probably just for us to replicate some environments and stuff like that but you don't have to be extreme in your innovative thinking to have a viable and meaningful solution, which is basically what you are describing. Thank Not undermining the work that went into it, of course, but, you <laughs> know, just saying you don't have to think, I don't know, like I said, above and beyond. And and indeed, that's the thing. Sometimes,
1: and this happens to me, or happened, it used to happen to me <laughs> as a young engineer. Um, now, obviously, you know, with time, I, I have Come to learning, and now leading SOS Carbon. Obviously, that that's the case. But you know, we think uh, that in order to develop an innovative and technology, we need to kind of make a space rocket. Um, If not, that's not good enough, or that's not going to fulfill our objective. But it's really sometimes the opposite because it's not only about the technology, but it's also about like key parameters like. Who is your client? Who will be your clients? What are, are they willing to pay? Um, you know, what? And, and with those terms, how you will make your uh, operation sustainable? Who are the employees that you will hire? Who are the ones that know best the areas that you need to operate at? Which again, in the in the case of the Caribbean, are the local fishermen. You cannot bring like, you know, Astronauts from the NASA to operate a vessel <laughs> in the Caribbean to remove sargassum it will just be impossible, you know, um, cost wise. And also, like, I mean, do you have enough astronauts? Uh, I mean, you get wh- where I'm going, right? Like, yeah. you need to think on all these parameters. And sorry, I'm just exagger- obviously exaggerating, but trying <laughs> to make the case that, you know, sometimes indeed, as you mentioned, it's better to start with the basics because that base, those basics might get you f- way farther than anything else. Um, and also thinking on, again, w- then assisting infrastructure on those countries and, and a bunch of different things that are critical apart from just the underlying technology.
0: Yeah, which is why sometimes when some things are invented and it's time to execute, they don't... One, they either don't work or they don't last very long because a lot of these other factors has not been taken into consideration. And I love the fact that you guys are using the already existing, I would say, infrastructure and resources. So like tapping into the fisher folk and one, employing them and giving them a new skill with this venture because... I am positive the sarcasm industry is also affecting fisher folk across the region, whether it be through damaging their boats or, you know, limiting their ability to go out at sea and, and catch fish to sustain their livelihood. So I think this is a great alternative as well to add to their talent pool by tapping into that already existing resource
1: indeed you know again thank you for highlighting our work obviously and you know that that's exactly you know what a part of our passion here because we have not only just developed an organization or created an organization to solve a problem but again rather bring or turn make Turn that problem into opportunities, including formal employment, including mm-hmm. uh, environmental sanitation. And then down the line again, even using that problem as raw material for value-add products or even as far as using that same problem to fight the underlying uh, climate change and mitigate climate change. Because one of the things that we have seen from Sargassum is that it contains high levels of carbon and methane that it absorbs during life. And then once it makes landfall and and rots on the beaches, it releases back all those gases and heavy metals that it absorbs. So again, there are many ways that we can really see and take advantage from the problem. But again, taking the right steps you know, first starting with the angle of the mitigation on on how to protect our coastline, and then mm-hmm. taking it from there, building on on the on those next steps.
0: Yeah, and hmm, I feel like I didn't actually, maybe I did, and I'm just having morning brain right about. No, I was about to say. I feel like I didn't realize the amount of carbon that it probably um, holds, but I think I did know that. And so let's just ignore this commentary coming out of me right now (laughs) and move into my next question, which is um, so exactly what do you guys do with the seaweed after it's collected and dried?
1: Yeah, so indeed, in, in the first instance, uh, as you just frame it, we collect it, we harvest it at sea with mm-hmm. our, uh, what the technology that we just described, actually called the uh, littoral collection module or LCM. And once we harvest it, we then use it in different processes, mostly working with uh, partners and allies on on such tasks. Um, also, you know, something that we put a lot of attention mm-hmm. is on collaborations and, and team efforts. We mm-hmm. understand that, you know, we're not good at everything and and we should be just focused on what we do best, because if not, at the end of the day, you know, we, we might not be doing anything at all if we just don't focus, right? Especially at your early stage that you have a bandwidth to tackle just uh, very specific areas and with that said, we uh, have been working with partners on the processing area uh, all the way from uh, using using the seaweed to to, buy, to products for cosmetics for the pharma industry for mm-hmm. liquid fertilizer uh, for early stage bioplastic development among others um so just to mention a a few of the companies that one of them you know that we we can talk publicly Mm -hmm. uh, for example in the case of the cosmetics and pharma origin by ocean a finland company Mm -hmm. today we have chipped five containers of seaweed uh, fresh seaweed to finland by you know, in refrigerated containers, mm-hmm. and obviously, you might be asking yourself why chipping it? Uh, this sounds a bit crazy, and indeed, you know <laughs> it's a bit crazy to be chipping seaweed uh, all the way from the Caribbean, but the the intention here is that as as the operations grow as we can scale as we all scale, uh, that then they you know come to the Caribbean with our support and and again with that partnership that we have been starting to develop and we build a factory and bring also those um employments to the caribbean bring those resources technology and and that's part of the part of the goal here to keep adding value to our communities Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i'm just thinking now. um so When I first had an episode on sarcasm and I was talking to Dr. Shelley Ancox, you know, she was mentioning the fact that there are some uncertainties as it relates to the quantity of the sarcasm coming up on Caribbean shores every year. So some years it's in an insane amount and then others it mightn't be as quite. So and then she was mentioning like things like that kind of makes it a little challenging when it comes to like having a viable business module related to the sargasm, so I want to know if you've experienced any issues as it relates to that and probably how in the future, if it is like the influxes probably kind of die down a little bit, or if you don't think it will die down at all, <laughs> about how you would probably deal with something like that
1: and 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 just sorry to to make sure when you said deal with something like that um can you mm-hmm. Clarify again, I lost you there for a second.
0: <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So I was saying that I know that there are uncertainties in the volume of sargasm coming up ah, on right. Caribbean, Caribbean shows every year, right? So exactly how would your business module and stuff like look into probably still making sure that you have enough sargasm to be able to either ship it or harvest it or have, you know, the viable business structure going totally
1: uh that's an awesome question because when we started in all this that's one of the that was one of the limitations or Mm -hmm. or one of the critical conditions that we also uh, took into account when developing the technology that we have um you know today proven and in execution with that said you know that's also why, in a way, we use the artisanal vessels with the hardware to mount on it, because if let's say tomorrow the sargassum disappears, the artisanal vessels do not stop being artisanal vessels and do not mm-hmm. stop being good for what they always have been good for, um, in in many different areas of, of work and deployment that you can use them. So that's also one of the key benefits of the technology that we have developed. Now, let me tell you that um, in terms of the volumes that we have been seeing in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. and in terms of, you know, the uh, forecasts of other experts and, you know, that focus on this area in particular, the the forecast is that the volumes will not decrease. Actually, they will continue increasing, Mm -hmm. not only volume wise, but also presence throughout the year. Um, it's like again the heat waves. We have seen that they just continue to increase throughout. Same thing with sargassum, and again, since everything is kind of interconnected, you know, it's just a sign that sargassum is here to stay, at least for the time being.
0: Yeah. Okay. As you mentioned, heat waves. I just had a traumatic flashback. <laughs> I was in Madrid earlier this year during the uh, earlier this year, like two months ago. Um, July, yes, for one of their many heat waves, and it was 42 degrees Celsius, and I am very much accustomed to 32, 34 max, and at 34, I am struggling to function, so could you imagine at 42 degrees Celsius, I was just not having it. It was absolutely terrible, and you you mentioned heat wave, and I just immediately went back to that moment, but let me get back to the saga. so that we were um, rightfully talking about. But yeah, it's here to stay. And like you mentioned, increasing quantity as well as the longevity of it. And this is, well, both an issue and an opportunity. I I would keep wording it like that, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to know from you, what is the mindset of the people in Dominican Republic as it relates to sargassum? And what is the extent of the influx like in Dominican Republic? I don't think I've seen any pictures, maybe just one or two videos that you have posted on your social media. But most of the pictures I've seen have been from Barbados or like St. Martin. And those have been absolutely terrible. So I want to know what the extent of the problem is like in DR. And then what do the people think?
1: Yeah, um, you know, in the DR, luckily people have started taking action to some extent, mm-hmm. uh, from the public to the private sector, and there is already a good, you know, base of awareness also in in the, let's say, the common individuals and not necessarily, um, you know, are technical about the problem or are not or you know might might not be, might might have not experienced the problem in. in in a way so with that said i think that has helped a lot you know that consciousness and and the understanding that action must be taken uh, for the benefit of everyone even you know also for the own interest of the tourism sector if action is not taken then uh, not only you know the the problems that come from the seaweed will keep increasing Mm -hmm. but it might turn out that Perhaps even the tourism, you know, gets a, a big hit, as it has proven in other key destinations. Like in Barbados, for example, there's a, a great study by STR, a, data, a tourism data company, and they have determined, they have like done a, an analysis that in the areas of Barbados that, you know, the, the seaweed makes landfall, mm-hmm. there has been... A total of seven percent reduction in in putting together the the reduction from tourism with the reduction in fees that the hotels can collect because obviously if they has if they have a beach that's not good enough they need to lower the prices for tourism to come and anyways yeah. the total is negative seven percent so if you put that into a quick math and you know do the numbers for each country or each destination just on a seven percent that's a lot you know for a location like punta cana in the dr which is our prime number one tourism destination mm-hmm. it seven percent will represent uh, on a yearly basis around i don't know uh, seven hundred thousand tourists per year So we're talking about important numbers here, and that's something we need to consider and have in mind as we move ahead. Because, again, this problem has already almost a decade or more than a decade and action is urgent. And and we need to really also uh, understand what we can implement that has been proven, validated and will be sustainable.
0: Yeah. And like you mentioned, it's here to stay. So I spe- oh, for it's here to stay for a while. Right. And I think with that, we definitely need to find ways to encourage regional cooperation to tackle the sarcasm influx because you're doing great work in BDR. I know there's stuff happening in Barbados, there's also some stuff happening in Mexico, but like we mentioned earlier, the ocean has no boundaries. This is a regional problem, and I think that we should definitely work on probably scaling up solutions across the entire region to deal with it because you mentioned our tourism industry being hit, fishing industry being hit, and so much more affected by it. So, yeah, but I want to hear from you. What are some of your, your thoughts or ideas and or probably even barriers to regional cooperation in tackling the sarcasm influx?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. And, and also something we we have started to work with the support of the Ministry mm-hmm. of international affairs in the dominican republic Mm -hmm. because we see this again also a way to support our brother and sisters uh, countries uh, throughout the caribbean Mm -hmm. even though uh, any country Mm -hmm. can take this as an advantage competitive advantage to make its tourism Mm -hmm. stronger in compared to other destinations Mm -hmm. because obviously if you have best beaches and protected beaches, then you can also compete better with countries that do do not have that protection, right? So, but putting that aside, really, our passion is to help all the countries in the Caribbean in the same way, to the same level. With that said, again, we have taken a lead with the Ministry of um, International Affairs, and or international relations and and we have also done that on our own knocking doors and seeing how we can create those alliances because again at the end of the day we're not talking about just the beaches that are suffering but also you know the local communities the environment Mm -hmm. we're talking about human health talking about the 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 economies of on, on each country so it's critical for taking action. And if we can take it together, meaning if we can scale together, it can even be cheaper for everyone um, as we implement these technologies, these solutions.
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you. So it's time for people to chow away all the political bureaucracies, all the drama, all the uh, I don't know, and start working together to make something happen. Because it could be it could be an excellent opportunity for the region, financially wise, especially now that they are mm-hmm. looking at developing things like carbon credit schemes to tackle climate change. Like this could also be a possible. Solution as it relates to that, you know. So I really think we need to come together to work on a lot of the issues facing the region, not just sarcasm, but coral, like things like stony coral tissue loss disease and a host of other things, you know, happening that Mm -hmm. it's not happening in isolation, it's happening. Throughout the entire region. So I really want to see that cooperation. And you never know, maybe I could get you here in Trinidad to start, you know, operating these artisanal vessels with our local fishermen and stuff. But unfortunately, here, so I know you mentioned that, like in EDR, that a lot of people are, especially on the ground, are knowledgeable of sagas and you know, starting to pay attention to it. But for us here, the bulk of the population is living. Not where it's being affected as much. So it's something that is like out of sight, out of mind. So unless you go to one of those areas and you experience it, you're just like, oh gosh. And then for them, they kind of see it more as an inconvenience. And then they just don't bother to go back there. So they don't experience or interact with it. And then the local community is dealing with it. You know, they're they're relatively small and their noise is not enough because people just aren't connecting with the issue. And I think that that might be happening elsewhere as well. So, you know, I think it's good that you guys have developed a solution and are putting it out there. And then, of course, things like this podcast, raising awareness and bringing it to the forefront again, because, yeah, people need to be aware and we also need investors in the region. (laughs)
1: <laughs> totally, and and to your point of you, thank you for mentioning that way of bringing us to to Trinidad and and kind of working together. Um, I, I think I mentioned it a couple of times, and we are all in when it's you know related to uh, cooperation, collaboration, partnerships, mm-hmm. and and working together because not only from the angle of the problem, but also all the countries that it is affecting to also all the opportunities that we can obtain. We cannot do this alone. Any single, like even a government cannot do this alone. And, Mm -hmm. or a government, a government from, from one of the countries cannot do this alone. And we need to do it together. Everyone together. Everyone brings something to the table, a different set of skill sets, expertise, uh, technical background, equipment, and so on. Again, something, everyone brings something. And with that said, one of the methods that we have been using for that Caribbean expansion is working with um, key stakeholders uh, like yourself, like your, your company that are also interested in, in and obviously have the cap- capabilities of, of deploying and and organizing, you know, the operations and we can bring our equipment, provide technical support, provide the know-how and, and ongoing um, training so that the equipment are developed, but we are not really just doing this alone or don't want to be doing this alone or don't want to scale through the Caribbean as just SOS, but rather also with the partners and and collaborators that have the same drive and mission as us in every single country in the Caribbean and that's something amazing that we have seen as we have been you know extending our reach and, and finding those key collaborations and partnerships that there are a ton of people with that passion to make an impact to make a difference and and it's just amazing to start developing those relationships so that we can bring the benefits to our home countries and to the local communities and to the environment
0: yeah you know you mentioned there are a lot of people um very passionate about finding a way to um contribute to the solution and have a positive impact and stuff. And I'm I'm just thinking about the my SOA Caribbean network of young people from across the region. And they are always talking about sarcasm and ways that they could get involved or some of the innovations. They're always sharing articles because, of course, it's it's something new it's something, even though it has this negative impact, that is still exciting because it gives you the opportunity to tap into, you know, your creative juices, to start developing things, to start looking at a new area of research. And they are very much keen to it. And I want to know for you what advice you could possibly give to not just members of the SOA Caribbean family, but just Young people in general across the region who are seeing this and want to be part of the change and the solution. Any advice that you could give them for getting involved or you know coming up with ideas?
1: That, that's awesome. Yeah. So number one is like uh, always be curious. Always you know have that mm-hmm. passion or don't lose that passion for you know getting involved. Um, getting you know. The, developing mechanisms technology systems for creating an impact and first start by the simple and then go from there because sometimes the simple again as we have discussed through the podcast can get you farther away and can even guarantee the most success uh, and and the most uh, sustainable uh, operations and you know opportunities as as you move ahead mm-hmm. that's that's number 1 and then two will be to also always be on the lookout on on what other people are doing um reach out you know people are for the most part good people um and and we'll, <laughs> you know there are good people out there or you know and and you know we'll have a, also a joint effort or a joint passion to bring others on involved and, and connect them and, and offer position and offer them to get um, to integrate them into what's happening. Mm -hmm. So that could be another thing. You you don't necessarily have to start from scratch. Sometimes you can, you know, join the movements of other things that are happening for Mm -hmm. the good of your of your country for the good of the region and the and the world so that will be the other thing again um, be on the lookout and reach out reach out to people that you feel passionate about what they're doing and you feel that connection to the things that they have been working on for you to join uh, those efforts
0: Yeah, and I think as you mentioned that, that I immediately started, my mind was running and I was just like, hmm, maybe I should reach out to SOA and some other possible funders to see if we could get some young people from SOA Caribbean or just in general who are interested at present in the DR to work with you to see what it is you have going on, some students, you know, and then to bring back that knowledge to their communities and stuff i think knowledge exchange is so crucial and i just want to find so many ways to give people access to information and i think one of the best like yes of course we have this podcast but on the ground action seeing things learning training and stuff like that i think will be so crucial so maybe we could work on making something like that happen
1: indeed indeed you know that that's Will be amazing, and again that integration of the young community. I'm also still young, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm so young, even my voice is so you know a uh, little bit crushy. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So please, you know, join us. Knock on the doors. Have that drive uh, and don't let anyone, you know, shut down your motivation. You will see a lot of people, um, you know, closing the doors for you. That's part of it. You just need to keep going and and find those ones that really click with you, with what you're proposing, with what you're passionate about and and go from there.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's very, very, very true. Just last week I had a door basically slammed. I wouldn't even, slammed is an understatement. More like picked up and like smashed into my face. <laughs> it's a better representation. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a better representation of what happened. And it, it really had me down for like a good few days, but then got back up and started pushing again and realizing, you know what, not everyone would connect with whatever it is you're doing or would be interested. and that's fine you have to learn to be okay with that and connect meaningfully with those who are interested in what it is you have going on and you know who are happy and willing to connect and probably make progress in the same direction as yourself or even if it's in a different direction you know it's important to tap into that but to know that there would be nose and doors slammed in your face as well and just to mention I am also young I'm also a youth <laughs> I know we've been throwing that around, but I've been seeing young people like if I'm not referring to us, but we are, I'm referring to us as well. So yeah, but Andres, thank you so much for joining me. I feel like we could talk about this am thing for a uh, Probably a good two more hours again, and maybe yeah. we can have separate conversations on this side. But I think the bulk of the information is there for our listeners. And I would love for you to tell them where they can find you if they're interested in reaching out to SOS Carbon.
1: Of course. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um I, again, thanks for the space and and also being part of that voice of awareness, voice of consciousness and in action integration of all you know, stakeholders, especially youth, uh, Mm -hmm. which we play a key role um, every time more and more. So with that said, please find us in social media at SOS Carbon or also um, in our web, soscarbon.com. And likewise there, you can find all our contact information, but also to mention it here, our email is sos at, soscarbon.com um we we you know i will read it myself and 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 get back to you as soon as possible so please um yeah get connected you know always we're always looking for those passionate members throughout the caribbean that are willing to 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 get involved and and you know have that passion to get involved, develop, generate impact, generate change to value, and and yeah, uh, to serve as members as we span through the Caribbean.
0: Yeah, guys. So make sure and reach out. And when you reach out, make sure to mention that you came from the EcoVibes Vibes podcast. I know some people have reached out to other experts in the past and they were so excited. They probably really didn't think anybody would have. But like I said, our listeners are so enthusiastic about wanting to be part of the solution and part of the change that they do reach out. And I always encourage them to, even though sometimes they message me on the side, hi, Khadija, you know, I just listened to this episode. Could you ask so-and-so this question for me? I want to know more. And I'll be like, hey, make that connection yourself. Like, you know, go out there, make the connection. And that's the only way you will like learn and grow and build and probably start finding your calling or your direction is if you start taking the initiative and going out there and making those meaningful connections. But with that being said, Andres, thank you so much for joining me. I think we had a lovely conversation on sagas. Yes, and the work that you guys are doing, SOS Carbon, I think I would love to see it scale throughout the region and, you know, hear more maybe in the future. I can bring you back next year to hear more about the developments, you know, the quantities overall that you would have both extracted and turned into a resource of some kind. And then you never know, maybe your stuff might be on the market soon, depending on what it turns into.
1: Indeed, yeah. And again, thank you again for the space. Thank you, Kalisha, for allowing us this opportunity for joining you. And and again, couldn't be more, um, you know, happier of, of the integration of youth Throughout the Caribbean um, and and through our neighbor uh, countries, because again, we we all should you know work together in joint forces in in the fight uh, to climate change and, mm-hmm. and taking climate action, and and it's just going to be a united effort. Um, so yeah, to everyone joining us, feel free again to to contact us, and and we will take it from there.
0: Yeah, guys, you heard it from Andres himself. Feel free to contact, right? So guys, be sure to, like we mentioned, follow SOS Carbon on all their socials, as well as follow at Ecovibes. And this is season three, like I mentioned in the intro, the ocean and climate series, where we talk all things ocean ocean conservation and climate action you know today we discuss sargasm. tomorrow we might be discussing coral reefs next week we might be discussing climate justice the list goes on and i know so far the episodes have been very strong very powerful and you guys have been really connecting with it so i want you to know that i appreciate that and as always if you enjoy this episode give the ecovibes podcast some love and share it with your friends and family and i will see You guys in the next one. Bye, everyone. And thank you again, Andres. Bye bye. (laughs)
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much.